Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is time to stop reading other people's success stories. You hear me say that every week and start writing your own. And I always tell people, we talk about gifts, you talk about passion, well, lead with your gifts. And don't let your age, which so many people allow them to stop them, their friends, you know, sometimes your friends aren't your friends. Family members, they don't know everything, and coworkers will stop you from planning or living your dreams. How many times people have told you that's not for you? My interviews I bring on Money Making Conversation are for you and business owners, and they're celebrities, CEOs. I'm going to tell you something. When you hear their stories, and that's what this show is all about, their stories, you can understand that their journey can be your journey. Take the, take the samples or the examples that they have put in front of you and use them because you're an entrepreneur. You're an industry decision maker. My next guest is an industry decision maker. Her name is Deanna Williams. She is an entertainment powerhouse who is a beloved advocate and authority in black music. The legendary on-air personality is a trailblazer in broadcasting, music activism, and celebrity media strategy. Her celebrity clientele includes Grammy Award winners, executives, actors, and athletes. Some notable names... Her clients include Rihanna, Charlie Wilson, got another hit song out now, Janelle Monet, she acts too now, if y'all don't know about her, just to name a few. She's also serving on the board of the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville. That is why she's on the show, among other wonderful things we're going to talk about, because this is Black Music Month, where she chairs the Music Industry Relations Collective. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the mother of Black Music Month. Deanna Williams. <laughs> I, saw, I thought I sneaked that in on your girlfriend. I love that. I'm also an actual biological mother of three children, but I like that. You snuck it in. Sean, you look, here we go, old school, sharp as a tack. Thank you. I, I appreciate that because I'm trying to go down there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to maintain because I, I, you, the, the, my world is so crazy. It's so busy. I'm pulled in so many different directions. When I, This is kind of like calming when I do these interviews with people I care about, people I respect, and giving you a voice in this business. And sometimes because of the fact that, you know, whether you're playing music, we don't know you. And then we, I try to pull back that curtain and let, let people understand that the different layers that you have currently and then some of the things you position us to to celebrate currently and then today to this week especially today in 1979 42 years ago you know you went to jimmy carter white house yeah, it was actually kenny gamble and i were mm-hmm. dressing we were home excited mm-hmm. that a dream that Gamble initiated with mm-hmm. the conception of Black Music Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on our way to the White House to participate in a picnic on the South Lawn of the White House mm-hmm. that President and Rosalind Carter hosted for 200 members, primarily of the Black Music Association, mm-hmm. with performances by Billy Eckstein, Chuck Berry, Andre Crouch, Sarah Jordan Powell, uh, Evelyn Champagne King, <laughs> MFSB under the direction of Dexter Wanzel. It was a heady day. Mm-hmm. I was a young girl. I was excited. It was wonderful. So today is the actual 42nd anniversary, as you mentioned, Rashawn. Well, you know, yeah. the importance of music, wow. When I think about music and 
especially in the African-American community, you know, how music is such an emotional, is, is used to motivate people, is used to inspire uh, sports, sport, sporting events. It's used in weddings. It's used in funeral uh, uh, celebrations. Uh, and some of just to, just to set the tone on the elevator. Talk about us about music. Why, is, why does music resonate so much in a person's life, lifestyle, period? Yes, great, great question. I think all music resonates, but my focus and concentration is on Black music. America's indigenous music, right. art forms established here in the United States, from the blues to gospel to American classical, which is jazz, R&B, rock and roll, people. Rock and roll <laughs> created by mm-hmm. uh, Rosetta Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, don't get it twisted. Elvis was an imitator, mm-hmm. not the originator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have a rich legacy in America with this majestic, various genres. And what's important too, Rashawn, is that, you know, when you're talking about money making matters, well, Black music generates billions mm-hmm. of dollars mm-hmm. annually. Mm-hmm. And right now, the number one genre in the world happens to be hip hop. Mm -hmm. So music and black music in particular is a universal language that is felt, if not overstood, by billions on the planet. You know, when you say hip hop, you know, say, you know, because I grew up, you know, I grew up to, you know, the 45 single, you know, uh, with the Franklin, uh, the OJs, and then the mothership landed, you know. George Clinton. Oh my God, when he landed, he changed the whole music, you know, that's when bands existed. Now you don't see bands anymore like you used to. Talk about that little transition from, I, I mean, when I was growing up in college, you know, it was nothing for me to see eight to 10 guys on stage. Even local bands were like that deep. It was like enjoying that moment. Then, then hip hop came away, and the instruments went away, and the DJ replaced them. And now I don't see that at all anymore. Any musicians? Well, blame it on technology mm-hmm. with the invention of Garage Band and Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. People were able to have a computer, a laptop in their home and be able to access all the instruments. And also the demise in many school districts of music. I I don't know about you, but I remember when I was growing up in Manhattan, in Harlem and Washington Heights, we had to take band. Mm -hmm. We had to Mm -hmm. have gym. These Mm -hmm. were required subjects. Mm -hmm. However, now many school districts, because of economics, have cut back Mm -hmm. music programming. So I would blame the lack of bands. And mind you, there are still some bands, Mm -hmm. but not what century are we talking about? Mm-hmm. You and I grew up in the 20th century. Right, right, so our mm-hmm. generation, we had no choice but to play instruments and to sing. Uh, but now with the technology, things have changed immensely. And as you mentioned, the rise of hip hop, you don't you don't need a full band. No. It's a, a DJ and the MC. Right. And the hype man. Got to gotta include that hype gotta man. Right? Got to set the, yeah, gotta gotta set the stage. Flavor play. <laughs> Don't have no talent, but hype is their, their talent. Now, when we look at music and I look at my life tied to music, I, I can tell you it's certain songs right now, you know, because, you know, music videos played a major role. In, in our visual part of music, you know, because now I will go to a music video uh, in certain parts of my life. I'll go to, if I hear a song, I'll go to a party. 
If I I'll go to if I hear Brick House, I know exactly. I was at a frat party right now. I can I can see if I hear that song, I know exactly. If I had Zoom, I would go to a pool party where I was trying to sing. I know exactly where I was at. I remember when 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 P Funk landed, I was on the basketball court trying, and the basketball was so cold that I almost broke my fingers when they passed me the ball. All these things are so important. So now we get into June being Black Black Music Month, and then you guys went to uh, President Carter at the time, what was the inspiration behind that, Okay, The inspiration was Kenny Gamble, who is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with his partner, Leon A. Huff. They are the co-architects, along with Tom Bell of TSOP, The Sound of Philadelphia. Gamble visited Nashville and saw what the Country Music Association was doing in terms of branding, not just a genre, country music, but also a city and thought, hmm, we need to do that. So we came back and established the Black Music Association, Mm -hmm. the BMA. And from that, he conceived of a month, much like we have February Black History Month and Mm -hmm. other months that Mm -hmm. put a focus and highlight on different things, Cancer Awareness Month, HIV Mm -hmm. Awareness Month, uh, Asian Pacific, you know, all of those months are an opportunity to highlight and celebrate the individuals involved in that month. So Black Music Month, he uh, reached out to Clarence Avant, who reached out to the White House and President Carter's administration. And hence the first celebration of June Black Music Month took place June 7th, 1979. And so that was the origin story of uh, that is what happened. And Gamble and I were a couple at that time. We have three beautiful adult children and a very (laughs) handsome six and a half year old who came over here and broke some of my art the other day. (laughs) Um, But that was the beginning. And he and I were a couple at the time. So in the Black Music Association, I worked to get Black Music Month worked hard to get it recognized. And it wasn't until 2000 that President Bill Clinton, after I lobbied Congress for three years, Mm -hmm. uh, officially recognized it in the American government and from the perspective of the White House. So every American president since Bill Clinton has signed a proclamation. Uh, President Biden just released his recently Mm -hmm. recognizing June as Black Music Month. You know, it's really interesting you say that because I, you know, I've been fortunate to be a part of radio in the early 90s and Houston Magic 102. And I didn't, you know, I know in 79 it, 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 it had been recognized, but I didn't get a feel for it until 2000 when Steve Harvey and I was on radio on 92.3 to beat in LA. And then all of a sudden it became like, you know, Advertisers wanted to advertise during Black Music Month, and then you start having events tied to that in Black Music Month. And so when you when you when you said something notably that, you know, Gamble he went to Nashville, he saw what they were doing with country and Western music. Now the National Museum of African American Music is in Nashville. I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure this out. go. What I didn't know when I first accepted involvement with the museum, uh-huh. and the acronym is NAMAM, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Nashville has such a rich legacy and history as pertained to Black music. Absolutely. In gospel music, mm-hmm. in R&B, and rock. Jimi Hendrix lived in Nashville for a period of time. Uh, last I checked, he was a big-time rocker, uh, mm-hmm. one of the fathers of rock music. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Nashville, it just happened to be the city where the private sector, wealthy individuals, government, the city, as well as the state government came together 
And it's a 22 year in the making project, which is astonishing. I've only been involved the last seven years, mm-hmm. but you figure when I first got involved, I was looking at blueprints. Right. Now, yeah. as about a month ago, I walked into a fabulous, modern, very contemporary American history museum that is dealing with our contributions to all genres, starting in 1619, when enslaved Africans were kidnapped and brought to the shores of what is now the United States of America. So yes, we're in Nashville, in the heart of now. And listen, you've got to come as my guest. I'm inviting you all to come uh, because it is amazing. I literally cried the first five minutes that I was in the lobby of the museum. It is spectacular. Seven galleries, over 56,000 square feet. Wow. And galleries filled with artifacts and information and inspiration about our contribution to global culture. Well, you know, I, I would, when you say you move to tears, I would have to believe that's an honest statement because you've been so associated with music. And it, like I said, music is tied to memories. And exactly. and I know when you, in, in, in your case, you played music, some of these artists' music. You've been on stage. You've introduced these artists. You've had lunch, dinner, shared great, you know, celebration stories and sad, disappointing stories. What was the most? What was the biggest takeaway when you walked into the museum, which is now based in Nashville and is open? Uh, you know, the ceremonies. Gonna, we're going to talk about the ceremonies in a minute and the notables who are going to be there. But talk about that moment, really, because. I have to believe it was really breathtaking for you and also in a level of disbelief, Deanna. The, the, the disbelief, not so much because we all worked very hard. Mm-hmm. I worked, I chaired, co-chaired mm-hmm. uh, with Phil Thornton, two functions where we raised money for the museum, but more astonishment at what we can do when we really apply ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because again, this was a, a, an idea at some point right. and it snowballed and so what was my big takeaway from the museum is that we are wealthy. Black folks, we are wealthy mm-hmm. in creativity, mm-hmm. and it is obvious and demonstrated in this museum. And as a woman who has dedicated, I've dedicated my entire life to the promotion, <laughs> perpetuation, the preservation of Black music. Uh, we, our, our slogan now is Black music has a home. And I feel wow, like awesome. my work is in that building. A great deal of my work is in that building. So I am uh, elated to be involved and I'm encouraging everyone to come and get that emotional feeling. If you look and go to uh, National Museum of African American Music, Mm -hmm. Mm namam.org, you'll see videos, you'll see images, and you'll also see testimonies from families that have visited the museum and had a very visceral experience, much like I did when I first visited. I know that I talked to Sheila Eldridge, that's uh, the creator and executive producer of Cafe Mocha. I know she told me that radio uh, was hosted by Lonnie Love and uh, Angelique and uh, Yo-Yo. They're going to be doing that broadcasting. And then uh, June 17th is the grand opening where, you know, you'll be honoring Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, Smokey Robinson, Shaka Khan, the Fist Jubilee Singers, gospel legends right there. So when you start a, a, a grand opening celebration with Quincy Jones, then you slide over to Easy. That's I said Zoom, Lionel Richie. Then Smokey Robinson cruising, you know, shaka, 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 come on now. You know 
is some history walking out. And that's just some of the names that are just being mentioned in this press release. But talk about the grand opening, which is June 17th. That whole weekend is like a just a just a each day has a a, a forward moving to the next day. Talk about that because I'm sure that's the weekend you want me to come down. Well, you want me to come yeah, down that weekend? I want you to come. I okay, okay, cool. I'm coming and, down that weekend. I got both my COVID shots. I, I'm still going to wear my mask, but I got both my COVID shots. I'm going to be down there so I can hug you. Come on, honey. <laughs> let's go. I want you to come. Yes, you mentioned our, our esteemed honorees. These are all people who have made, when we talk about sizable contributions to our music and our lives and our memories, all mm-hmm. of those individuals that you mentioned. And I think I should also say that Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, who is part of my Music Industry Relations Collective, is going to be hosting that evening. And the Fist Jubilee Singers were the first global ambassadors of Black music around the world. They were super popular mm-hmm. and um, you know well-received in Europe. So we're honoring the legacy of the Fist Jubilee Singers as well. And I want to shout out our president and CEO, Henry Beecher Hicks III, who has done a phenomenal job as a leader moving us towards this day. We had an actual ribbon cutting back on uh, MLK Junior Day, mm-hmm. but the official grand opening, of course, uh, restricted uh, opening earlier this year because of COVID. Right. And now that people like you, me, mm-hmm. are getting vaccinated, uh, we are opening the doors to the museum. And our block party will also be the day of Juneteenth. And we're celebrating Juneteenth and inviting the community to come in and see the museum. Now, uh, i got to ask all these questions. Is there a fee? Are there donations you have to give to enter the museum? Yes, in general, there are. And Mm -hmm. and again, people can go to blackmusicmuseum.com. It's Mm -hmm. very reasonable if you become a member. Obviously, it changes Mm -hmm. uh, the membership. However, during this weekend of the grand opening, the museum is going to be open on the block party day when we're celebrating Juneteenth and open to the community at large. But there is a fee. And the day that I was there, my first visit to the museum after you know seeing it just dirt and the construction process, I live in Philly, so I go to Nashville for our board meetings. Uh, it was quite amazing to see the construction and the completion of the museum, but children, school groups were there Mm -hmm. the day and and just tons of them. Mm -hmm. And it really warmed my heart because this museum is for families. It's for everyone. It's not just for black folks. I want to go on the record and say, you have a pulse, you have a heartbeat. This (laughs) museum is for you seriously, because the reality is most of us, all of us, regardless to your musical preference, as you stated at the outset of our conversation, Mm -hmm. Black music is an integral part of our experience here on this planet, not just here in America, but around the world. So our expectation is that we will be an international donation uh, location uh, expecting people from everywhere to come see. Well, this is, this is pretty amazing. When I, when I, when I look at you and I talk, first of all, uh, this this board got a lot of the great talkers. Like you, a great talker. Phil Thornton is a great talker. Then you told me Hicks. I didn't know he was part of highest ranking black man. Oh my what god! Our highest ranking black man is joining our board. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Vince Gill, country artist, is joining our board. Fantastic. Um, just you know, some pretty dynamic people are have signed up. Monique Adlet, some great folks. So I'm honored to serve on this board. I want to I want to pivot a little bit about you. 
as a strategist, as a as a media planner, as a person that, as they say, a whisperer, a whisperer. <laughs> because New York Times, thank you for that, New York Times. You know the thing about it when I, because I've been fortunate to manage talent, write talent, produce talent, and you know every talent is different. And I think when a lot of people make a mistake, especially agencies, they try to sign up a bunch of people and then they try to treat them all the same. And you know that's not the case. You know, it'll be successful with anybody. You have to hear their story, hear their pain, hear their joy, and then try to disseminate the right course of action for that person. So when it comes to that, because as a strategist, you really are a manager too. Because I know you and I need to sit down and talk about some projects because we have a similar lane that we always cross when it comes to strategy. And people ask me all the time, how I'm, how, how can I generate so much success for certain people? First of all, I always tell them they have to be talented, one. Secondly, they have to be willing to work hard because you, like myself, Deanna, you're a hard worker. You know, 24 hours in a day is 24 hours a day. You're going to use every hour in it. And and the other person is that I think in my side of it, they have to be a caring person. They have to care about something. And those three qualities are the type of qualities that I work hard for because I care about people. I'm a hard worker. And then I'm also I have a, a, a strong belief in my talent that I want to share with that person to 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 develop their talent. What are your thoughts when you talk when people approach you or you approach them about your strategy planning? Well, I've had the blessing, as you mentioned, for the last 27 years, Mm -hmm. concurrent to me being on the radio and television to coach a plethora of emerging and established talents, Mm -hmm. not just recording artists. You mentioned Rihanna, some of my recording artists, Mm -hmm. but I've also worked with CEOs, Mm -hmm. uh, managers, actors, directors, all manner of talent. And the first thing I'm looking for is personality because that is part of what attracts other human beings is do you have the capacity and the talent uh, and the knowledge, the expertise in your particular area and the willingness to learn that is so critical to me and my process when I'm coaching individuals. So um, yeah, 27 years, my company, I'm the CEO of Influence Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go to the website, influenceentertainment.com to learn more about us. And part of what my company does in addition to media coaching and artist development, very much in the tradition of Mrs. Maxine Powell, who was Barry Gordy's artist development and media coach person, uh, is also we produce events. I produce the Marian Anderson Award Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia at the Kimmel Center for the Performing Arts. For years, I did it with Pat Moran. And uh, last year, we honored, well, not during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. 2019, Cool and the Gang. The year before that, Patti LaBelle, Gamble and Huff, Mm -hmm. John Bon Jovi, Barry Gordy. So I'm a creative producer, and I love love conceptualizing and actualizing. I'm big on that. My parents taught me anything that your mind can conceive and believe. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you can achieve. So that's what my company does. That's what I've been doing. And again, radio has been important. And you know this from your years mm-hmm. in media, uh, have the platform to be able to reach hundreds of thousands, millions of individuals with feel good and information that's of value to their lives, to the quality of their lives is what I'm all about. So, but, you know, Deanna, when I, when I listen to you on, um, you know, I, I do bow down to you, you know, because listen to what she just said. She said athletes. She said actors. She said singers. 
She said, exactly. Each one of those lanes is unique. Now, I tell you, I can't mess with music, okay? It is so complicated. You know, uh, you know, I, comedian, I got you. Actor, I got you. Athlete, I got you. Executive. Music. She throws that in like it's nothing. So, so if you go to their website, it's a beautiful website. I, I, I go to the website. I'll be, I'll be stealing ideas. Can you, can you make my website look like her website? Because it's so pretty. You know, it's so flow. It flows. It looks big. It looks grand. It looks like you want to know more about this brand when you go to her website. It's amazing. But I just want to slow it down here. When we start talking about, you know, her being on the board or the Black Music Museum, there's, a, there's opening and the grand opening is July, June 17th in Nashville. I want to talk about the individual, her brand. She says executive like, okay, you know, I do executives, you know, I do athletes, I do actors and actresses, which is both, you know what I'm saying, male and female, okay, these singers, but in the singers, then she throws in the, the rappers, which is a totally different world, then you have the old school, then you have the new school, and then Janelle Monet, she kind of like pop, and then, she, then you have Rihanna, she kind of like pop black, but what is she? Come on, girl. You are just something special. Listen, I'm with you in terms of anything, like I said, that the mind can conceive and believe you can achieve. My parents raised me to squeeze this lemon and to get everything out of the experience of living. I am living every second in fullness. I am. I love life and I love people. I love my fellow human beings. Sometimes I'm a little annoyed with their behaviors. Mm-hmm. Sometimes downright, you know, angry with people who are not righteous, kind, loving, and considerate. But for the most part, I am grateful to be alive. I'm, I'm elated to have this opportunity to speak with you and your audience about my passions. And, you know, the other question I get is, how can we celebrate Black music? Stream the music of the artists you love. Buy the music. Now things are opening up. Go out, hear live music. Buy the merch of the artists that you love. Sit with young children and tell them about the artists that you listened to and loved when you were growing up. And conversely, listen to them about who they're listening to. Mm -hmm. Have an intergenerational moment when you're hearing what they like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just all about what you like. Be exposed and consider. So there are so many ways that you can engage. My grandson was here this past weekend. Read books on famous musicians. Teach learn, celebrate. Black Music Month is for all of us. And it's not to say that we do not celebrate the music beyond June. Mm-hmm. It's an everyday celebration. June just happens to be the concentrated okay. moment. Okay, and okay. Folks. Deanna, I got all that. I'm talking about you, okay? <laughs> you just you just broke off with this little speech about the museum. I'm talking about you, girl. You know, see, like, see we say gamble and all that. We talk about the field thought. I'm talking about you, your talents. Oh, so you need identifying and helping other talented people. That's part of the joie de vivre that I have to be able to convey that to other people is part of my talent. My talent is being on the radio, talking, being on television, disseminating information. My talent is not cooking so well, which is why my man was like, babe, you think what what I just try to say is in my interview with you, and I've interviewed you before, and I'm always amazed at the um, humbleness 
of of your talents. And I, and 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 sometimes the humbleness is good and bad because sometimes because when you're humble, people don't recognize you for your gifts because they can they can just assume it's just part of your your resume. And I just wanted to slow down and say I brought you on here to talk about the museum, the grand opening, Black Music Month, and June 17th is when the three day celebration is going to start, and you work as a board member and all those great things. But also to acknowledge your brilliance. And that the brilliance is being able to go in a room and being able to not be intimidated about communicating. And that's what you just said. It's about communicating. It's about your parents giving you the will to be great. And that's what this, that's why I will tell people, you know, when you meet a young kid, you can, you can change their lifestyle by either supporting them or telling them what they can't do. And that's who I see you. You are a person that has never heard that word, and you promote that, and that's why you immediately defer to Rashawn. I hear you, but let's support black music. Let's black merchandise. Let's let's buy the music. But you are, you are a uh, Renaissance woman, and I wanted to say thank you, and oh, take these goodness. few minutes because, you know. You're special, and and this platform allows me to say that publicly to you, and I say it with a lot of honesty because, you know, you were you you were the reason this museum is here. It started 42 years ago, okay. It didn't start 15 or 20. It started 42 years ago, and you were part of that. That's why it exists today in Nashville. Thank you, Deanna Williams. Thank you. Okay, cool. If you want to hear any of our interviews on Money Making Conversation, I'll see you. Please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.